Save big on your Memorial Day barbecue, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for $2.49 a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. Good morning, everybody. Happy Tuesday. Welcome to another edition of Pre-Market Prep. Spencer Israel here. Dennis Dick joining me in a moment. We got a lot to talk about. We got earnings. It's the it's the week of Christmas, and we have earnings on the calendar. I remember the days when earnings season was like three weeks long. Now it's it's never ending. We're going to talk about the rally in crypto. We're going to talk about the market that has no memory. That's the theme of the day. The market has no memory. It forgets everything all the time, kind of like me and Dennis. Let's start the show. This is pre-market prep with. Joel Conan, Dennis Dick, and Spencer Israel. All right, so good morning, good morning, good morning. I will bring on Dennis Dick here. Uh, Joel uh, will be out the rest of the week. If you hadn't heard, if you if you were watching at the close yesterday, you heard this uh, from me. But uh, Joel's mother passed away yesterday. Uh, so we, of course, send our condolences to Joel. He'll be obviously out the rest of the week, um, and uh, we we hope he's back uh, when he's back. But we hope he takes the time that he needs. And uh, it's, we told him that we would pass along all of the best wishes from the chat because I know there will be many of them, and I'm sure it will make him feel better. So it does not go unnoticed. I met his mom a few times. Wonderful lady. Canadian. You couldn't go wrong with the Canadian aspect of her, too. I always joke Joel's half Canadian. That's the Canadian side of him. Um, she she's a wonderful lady. So, you know, we wish the family the best. Joel will be back soon. Um, it's hard. You know, you get older. I've never lost a parent, so I can't really comment directly on it, but I can right. only imagine. So, yep. 85 years old. She lived a good life. Uh, wonderful lady. Hey, 85? I'm hoping to make it to 85. I don't know if I will. The stress I go through in these markets, I'm not sure I will. That would be a victory for me, too. We're we're shooting for 85, (laughs) Mr. Israel. We get to 85, we'll do the victory lap there. That's a good life. That's a good good full life there. Um, All right. Let's bring on the charts here, uh, Dennis and... You you were just saying uh, before to me, uh, you know, the market has no memory. And if we uh, look up the markets yeah. this morning, we see, oh, well, we're broadly higher. I mean, this, you can look at the SPY, higher in the pre-market. You can look at the QQQ, higher in the pre-market. Hey, even our old friend, the Russell, is higher in the pre-market this morning. So um, what gives? I mean, Doug Cass coined that phrase, it doesn't apply better than ever here to this market because yesterday they could not stop selling, at least until the afternoon. Now they can't stop buying. So I don't know if you could say maybe Micron, Nike, good reports turn this market around, but it's just the fact that you've got the buy the dip mentality that just doesn't break. So I will tell you what continues to work is buy the dip and sell the rip the fade trade continues to work it seems like in everything if you're chasing moves you're doing it backwards you're coming and buying this morning 
I mean, we just rallied 80 handles. So, yes, maybe Santa Claus comes to town. Yes, maybe the rally continues. But it always seems like there's more bad news around the corner to knock us right back down. So, yo-yo market, whipsaw market, whatever you want to call it, the market with no memory. But the fade trade is the way you play that. What does fade trade mean? It means you're selling rips, buying dips, tell further notice. That's what continues to work. That's what's making the money. Actually, but before we move on to the movers of today, I want to talk about yesterday real quick because your plan of attack was you would be buying uh, all the stocks that were rallying on Friday. You would you would yeah. buy buying them for for follow through yesterday with the idea being you would stop yourself out should they fall down below Friday's low or somewhere in that area. Uh, you you got pops on a lot of those stocks. I'm like Robinhood, for example, right? Robinhood yesterday right off it the held up. Yeah, I was watching that, and it yeah. pops right off the open there. Uh, let's, let's but out. then it gave it back, so you're kind of still in the same spot. You're you actually, on a lot of these stocks, you did indeed hold Friday's low, so if you have those trades on, I would say it's still to be determined because it, probably a lot of those stocks didn't rally enough to get you out of them, but most of them didn't sell enough off enough to get to Friday's lows. I'm sure there's a few outliers there, uh, but I'm talking the growth names, the growthy names that have been getting hit. You know, that had a really good rally on Friday. A lot of them did indeed hold uh, Friday's lows here. One exception, though, Peloton. Holy mackerel, I don't have that one. But, I mean, on a day that we're worried about the pandemic and Peloton opened higher, they could not stop selling that stock all day. Um, just, you know, I don't know if that's just the fact that this thing, the story is just completely broken here now. Sometimes stories cool off. It feels like this is not the case. It feels like they're now looking at this as, you know, an indoor exercise bike company where, you know, it seems like a lot of the people who bought these things aren't using them anymore. Joel says his, you know, he hangs the clothes on it. Um, you know, and that's and, not and, good news. And if Joel's saying that, cause Joel, Joel's a workout fiend. But Joel likes getting out and doing things. Yeah, so, yeah, I mean, it yeah. depends. So, he, so if you've got a person that, you know, isn't just outdoorsy, I'm sure there's always treadmill people, especially in the wintertime. You got by me. There's three yeah. feet of snow outside. You know, yeah, it, it may be okay to have a Peloton here through the winter. But I'll say the same thing. As soon as it's nice outside, I'm going outside. And I'd be, you know, doing more activities outside as opposed to getting on an exercise bike. But yeah. you look at the valuation, you say $12, $13 billion, and you start looking you know, really, for an exercise bike company, is it worth that even at $38? I think the market's saying it's not. And that's why it continues to get hit. I mean, it would not surprise me if the stock ends up at like 10 bucks. It would not surprise me. Um, you know, maybe the story, maybe they, they need to reinvent themselves to avoid going the GoPro way, which obviously we always go back to GoPro because they were the one trick pony and they were so hot, you know, with the camera on a stick. And everybody had to buy it. We know how that story, you know, not that has ended, but, you know, obviously it's significantly off still from its $90 I. To avoid going that way, they need a new product. They need to reinvent themselves. They need something that's maybe, you know, not just indoors. Maybe they can come up with some, something else. But in, in order to get the story hot again, in order to get the stock up again, it's going to take a lot more than just their current product, I believe. And sometimes the the end game is just to take out. Like, remember what happened to Fitbit? I think Fitbit IPO'd at ten billion yeah. and, got, and got bought for two billion. And, and that can happen too. But I don't think a Peloton takeout's coming at thirty eight dollars a share. Like you were saying, maybe it continues to get hit. Maybe somebody takes it out a hell of a lot lower. I don't know. But I think the days of of dreaming that this is going back to one hundred sixty seven, eight hundred seventy dollars, unless the only thing is unless the pandemic comes back and. You know, we get a variant that's out there and going to kill us all. You know, if we go outside, then maybe something like this. But this benefited tremendously 
from COVID. And it's given back the majority of the COVID gain. So you can say, okay, well, at $38, it's given it all back and we still have a pandemic. Why not? Because the valuation isn't there because people have already went down this road with the bike and the people who bought the bike probably own the bike already. So, um, you know, I don't know how long they last to get new ones, but the people just aren't using it as much from what I hear. I've got a lot of friends that have Pelotons and they don't seem to be using them as much as they did a year ago. And that is concerning. Yeah. Yeah. All right. So let's move on to actually, no, before we do that, what else did you see yesterday? Did anything, anything jump out to you yesterday? Well, well, it's interesting because obviously S&P sold off substantially. You had a mega cap sell off all morning that could not stop selling the S&P. And then just like clockwork, it seems like we get around that 11 o'clock turn. And I don't know if it's because Europe's closing or what it is, but it seems like if you're really looking for turns in the market, they seem to happen around 11 o'clock and 11 o'clock. We stopped going down. Then we kind of meandered through lunchtime, but then we started to catch a bed and a lot of names actually held on. And not that we had a rip, roar, and rally, but we, we yeah. ended up off the lows, which was good news. And you can clearly see it on that chart. You know, we, we actually rallied significantly from those lows. And obviously that rally has just continued. The driver probably, it, it started getting driven right from the Micron report. I mean, the chips are up strong. Micron, you know, having a very good report. Maybe that's a good segue yeah. into talking or two earning stocks. Yes, I know Rite Aid reported and GIS reported, but the two focus stocks from last night, Micron and Nike, both had decent reports. Both had good commentary from supply chain perspectives. And I think that's why you're seeing uh, the, the markets uh, rallying here this morning. Yeah, Micron's uh, earnings out last night. The EPS earnings per share came in at two dollars and sixteen cents versus a two dollar eleven cent estimate. Sales also higher by a smidgen, seven point six nine versus seven point six seven billion dollars. Their revenue guidance for twenty twenty two came in um, basically above estimates at the low end. That would be where the estimate was. So they, they did come in higher than that. Their earnings per share for for the year. Um, also came in above estimates, and they said that. Uh, and this is this is the money line here. This is this is the big one. Uh, they do see the chip shortages uh, abating throughout 2022. The uh, I, I think the term they used was moderate through 2022. Um, they see stability in the mobile phone market, um, and they're um, yeah, basically uh, chip shortages getting better throughout the year. And I believe Nike, if we just bounce and do these two reports kind of get together, sure. Nike had commentary from the supply chain as well. So you had both, you know, so there's basically, if we just sum up the market, there's three main worries out here. One is obviously the Fed, bull, Fed taking the punch bowl away. That's the big one. Yeah. Two is we've got a, a raging, you know, pan, well, not raging, but we got a pandemic that's going around. We don't think it's very, very lethal. But it's still going around and everybody appears to be getting it. And three, which is an issue we've had for the entire year, is supply chain. So you have commentary from two of the major companies that everybody's watching, the two big ones reporting this week, both giving positive commentary towards the supply chain. And I think that was a driver for the overall market here, at least the overnight rally. Yeah, and Nike, I think also uh, some, somewhere in there in Nike's report, they, they, there was a guidance raise. Um or, or, or at the very least, they uh, they reiterated a, a previous. No, it wasn't a raise, but they reiterated a previous raise. I think so. Uh, yeah, I mean they're both higher this morning, right? And yeah. they both, they both holding said on all the right things. So and again, so we got to look at the situation. I wonder with the Micron commentary here with the chip shortage, are they also considering the fact that 
We have, you know, restrictions coming back in in certain countries, not shutting down, but definitely slowing down. I mean, you know, we know Germany is having protests over there because of different measures or restrictions for Omicron. So I keep saying Omicron because of Omicron, but I guess it's Omicron, right? It's, it's Omicron. Omicron. So yeah. I'm never going to say these names right. I get it's them okay. wrong this time. I say them wrong forever. Yep, but okay. and somebody corrects me on Twitter. So well, good job, I guess. But <laughs> I, I, I look here and I just see more of the same. I don't see the virus going away. It's not lethal, but I don't see it going away. I don't think the Fed is going to move back to a more dovish stance. And I'm not so sure that the supply chain issues are just going to be completely gone in 2022. So you look at this and you think, you're getting a nice rally here this morning. Is this just a dead cat bounce? Or is this, you know, a prelude to Santa Claus coming to town? Nobody knows anything. We can only guess or do, you know. But I'll tell you what has been working is buying the dip and selling the rep. And if you bought that dip yesterday, you're getting rewarded. You know, I'd be up 2 3% in some of your stocks. I think you're taking the profits. All right. Um, Those are my thoughts. So I'd be fading all moves until further notice. And that includes the move this morning. Okay. Fair. And That's how that, I'm playing it. Does that apply to any sympathy plays or are you more like, cause Micron is kind of, maybe not Nike, but Micron seems like there's a lot moving off of Micron. Oh, I mean, all the chips up substantially here. You know, we can even look at, you're going to go look at the socks if you want. It's up too. But I mean, right. you know, you've got Western Digi trading up 4% off the Micron report. Um, obviously, you know, you got Seagate and then you can go, you know, even the big ones, NVIDIA, you know, Applied Materials, Lamb Research. I mean, they're all trading up substantially here. So it's a driver for the sector. And the sector itself, you take out NVIDIA. You know, these aren't expensive stocks. And we know this has turned into a bit of a value market in the last little while. So these are stocks that, you know, maybe, you know, this market wants to own more. These are stocks that have held up better. I mean, you just look at the chart of Micron, compare it with the chart of, you know, an AMD here in the last little while. I guess it's similar because AMD hasn't sold off that much either. The chips have really, you know, not really been hit that hard. At least it's not as hard as some other names, but there's some value there. So oh. I think you keep looking here. Again, it, look, it's at that really look, look, look at that divergence is in the last six months. AMD versus Micron. Yeah, but AMD is, you know, obviously a higher beta play. Yeah. And we went into, you know, this. And again, you know, you would almost think that it would be the opposite, maybe the value. But value is starting to come back into favor. So am I saying to come out and chase the Micron? I don't buy rips on anything. So I'm not buying the Micron rip this morning when it's trading up 8%. I think you're doing it backwards if you're buying the rips. And if you, you can look, you know, quickly at the you know, companies that have reported, they seem to hold up for a couple of days and then they start to leak them again. I mean, you can look at Marvel, MRVL, good report, gaps up for a couple of days, start to leak. You know, Oracle obviously did themselves in when they did this merger yesterday, but they gave the whole thing back. So I don't know. It, it, it's tough to chase moves. I'm just not making money right now chasing moves. And that's why I continue not to chase. Okay. All right. Um, All you can do is take the information the market is providing you and trade off of that information. And that information in the last few weeks has been fade trade working. Buying dips, selling reps, selling short short reps, buying dips continues to work. Hey, what's it saying? If you're in fade and you ain't trading? That's what I say. If you ain't fade and you ain't trading. Well, at least that applies in this market. Some markets, it's like, ooh. It shouldn't be fading, but in this market that we are in currently, fade trade has continued to work very well. So, you know, it, 
in the vein of Joel, if Joel were here, I, I don't know. Like, I usually, I, the one thing Joel told me was like, always look for obvious levels of support and resistance. And and obviously, I, I don't have the same kind of levels that Joel has, but nothing sticks out to me like an, obvi- an obvious level sure. on the micron. Let's pull up the Nike chart. Um, oh, that's interesting. So you had two closes the last two days, and right, same, same exact close. Is that right? One figure. Oh. Same exact close. Huh. How often do you see that? That's interesting. I'm challenging your chart because I don't see that on my chart. So this uh Oh no, this is today. That's yeah, right. yeah, yeah. Uh, all right. We don't have a close yet today, so oh, never mind. That is. Okay. but I mean you, you've got a stock that has start has broken the uptrend, clearly broken the uptrend, yeah. has started not necessarily a downtrend, but kind of in the middle of nowhere. Now you get the whipsaw back up. I think you find resistance at 165. So you're coming in buying 163. It's like, nah. What do you got? Maybe two bucks upside, and you're you're gonna have you know the potential for a rug pull under you. So I think you're you know I think if you're in the stock, I think you're taking profits too. I think this market continues to be the market that you got to be trading it, and you got to be taking the profits when you got them because eventually it seems like they just come back down anyways. Yeah. We're just not out of the woods. Not everything. And yes, maybe Santa Claus comes to town. Maybe we make new highs. But there's a lot of stocks that are still trading significantly below. You know, you can say they're 50 days, have a lot of them trading below their 200-day moving averages. I'm not a big fan, but of, you know, moving averages, you can clearly just see trends on the charts. But a lot of stocks are in significant downtrends. And until those trends start breaking and start stabilizing and start looking north, it's hard to be bullish, you know, a lot of these different names. And Nike is just clearly in no trend right now. So if it's no trend, I'm just going to keep playing shops, selling reps, buying dips. It's a rip to be sold, in my opinion. You know, they just add a couple moving averages for fun because I like moving averages. That's ah, fun to talk. It gives you some food for thought. I mean, some people live on these things. I know as soon as you get these death crosses, they want to talk about it in the media or golden crosses <laughs> where this cross is over, this cross is over. I don't even care to know or use any of those that stuff. It's just not worked for me for 20 years. And I could tell you, again, the technical analysis, I know there's a lot of people that have their own spin on everything. If you have your own spin and it's working, continue to use it joel and i have used support resistance and trends in our technical analysis for 21 years it's worked because obviously we both made a lot of money trading the markets for that amount of time i guess i'm 22 years now because i started 1999 the years keep flying by but you know you, you look here you got all these crazy indicators and i can just say even at bright trading you see so many people you know especially when we're in the office setting we'd get a new trader you know coming in every couple of weeks got a new trader in They'd stick around for a bet. Some would make it. Some would not. A lot would not make it because it's a difficult game. You know, even going back to when I was starting, it's still difficult. The traders that tended to struggle were ones that were really hardcore on indicators, you know, and technical analysis indicators. And I'm not saying they're all bad. I'm just saying if that's the only tool in your toolbox, it's hard to really, you know, it's hard, it's hard to make it in this, in this really because those tools are available, widely available to everyone. you got to have an own spin. So, yeah, they're t- moving averages are a tool in your toolbox. Yep. Don't live and die by them, though. So it's a tool in the toolbox that I never take out. It's not on my chart. I don't have a moving average on my chart. I can clearly see if the stock's in an uptrend or a downtrend. I can clearly see if I just take my Jeff Mackey purple crayon and draw when the trend's starting to break. So I don't need a lagging indicator to tell me that. You can clearly see it on the chart. Hey, it comes down to whatever floats your boat. If it works for you, great. Uh, just make sure that it keeps working for you, not... Uh, stops working for you. And if it stops, maybe change your thing. 
Um, okay, we got a couple more movers I want to hit on, and then we will get to Tommy Lackey. Tommy always comes to us prepared with uh, prepared. Uh, sectors with relative strength, relative yeah. weakness. Actually, not just sectors. He drills down deeper into like the, uh, the sub-industries. So, we love Tommy. Yeah, Tommy's great. Uh, I want to talk about uh, Citrix, CTXS, uh, maybe in play. That's according to a report from Bloomberg. Uh, let's bring up my Citrix chart here. I feel like we had a rumor on Citrix a while ago, didn't we? Oh, did we not? The have beauty a rumor? of Benzinger Pro is I can check. Let's find that. out if we did because I'm just maybe, you know, uh, I don't know. But I'm having okay. deja vu here. All right. I just searched for Citrix. You know what? I'll do it on the screen here. So, uh, yeah, show us how to do uh, CTXS. I have a news feed. Let's get D nut off there. So, I have a news feed on the left. I have a chart on the right. Yeah. Uh, and you can clearly, all I did was search for the ticker and I just. Looked very quickly, and, and and what I what do I see is I see a headline from October. Yep. Um, traders circulate word from Gordon Haskett that believe they're an, an analyst there that Broadcom could look to buy Citrix. This is from October. So maybe that's the rumor I was thinking about. The stock that's had a rip roaring rally in October. I'm not sure if that was market related or off of those rumors. Bloomberg is substantial. You get a rumor from Bloomberg. There's usually something behind it. Dow Jones, Bloomberg, third break rumors. There's usually something to it. Yep. So we obviously saw the Cerner, you know, broken by Dow Jones later on in D taken over. So could this get bought by somebody or could they sell themselves? They could. It's better when you have like a, a like a, a suitor there, not just a matter of, OK, they might sell themselves. You know, the, the, the Dow Jones rumor obviously with Cerner was Oracle is potentially going to buy this a little more substance to it where this isn't doesn't even have a suitor name. Oh, wait, here we go. So I, I had to scroll back even further. Yeah. First off, I forgot about that this happened in October. The CEO stepped down. Okay. Okay. Then in September, uh, Bloomberg, Citrix exploring potential sale. September 15th. Let's pull up a date. There you go. So this has already been broken by Bloomberg. Oh, that yeah. was... That was that was 20 bucks ago. <laughs> yeah, the stocks been going straight. So they already said they're exploring a sale. So they're exploring a sale again. Well, yeah. it didn't work last time. Yeah. And and the sell on the rip did work last time. History doesn't always repeat itself, but it sometimes rhymes, and it sure sounds like it rhymes here. So in that case, I'd ring the register on Citrix and be selling it. That's what how I would be playing this because it worked last time. And sometimes these companies, oh, we might sell ourselves. It's just rumors. Like, okay, well, sure. Oh, yeah, we're exploring selling ourselves. Well, nobody's interested. Well, well, no, no, no. This time, they actually named names, right? Who did they name? They named Elliot and Vista Equity Partners. Oh, that Elliot might come in and take them, uh, like, so, private. So, so it's not, private. It, it, yeah. Okay, well, that's a little bit more. Yeah. They did, what did they, they say last time, just so we're getting it all straight I, in September? I, they didn't name names last time. All right, so they're naming names now. Yeah. So a little more substance to it. Yeah. But again, if you're buying it, okay, well, this is getting priced off 8365 so if they're coming in, and these PE firms usually aren't paying 50, 100% premiums here, I'll tell you that. Yeah. So, you know, you think, okay, well, what's a nice number? Maybe 100 bucks. So if it worked out all in your favor, maybe it's 100 bucks. But then you got time value of money. You got, you know, potentials, you know, something, hiccups or something. Um, so you're already getting half of it. So when these rumors break and there's, you know, not an actual imminent, you know, sale happening here, sometimes the best play is just to take the money and run. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. All right, uh, let's move on here. Uh, we we got to talk Sava. We should probably talk Sava. This sure. is your big gainer of the morning here. Um, today I learned 
that there is an entire subreddit, there's an entire community on Reddit devoted to talking about this stock. Um, and there is a, a post posted there, a screenshot. It's not even a link. It was a freaking screenshot. I hate how they do that. Of, of a publication that said that neuroscience found no evidence of manipulation of the Western blot data. This is, remember, the company that had the accusations that their uh, the, the data for their Alzheimer's drug was manipulated. Uh, and the publication came out saying they found no evidence of data manipulation. So that's why Kasava is trading higher this morning. But I was more surprised to learn that there's 3,300 people subscribed to a community on Reddit where all they do is talk about this stock. Um, it, it, it sort of gets at the idea that like these stocks are more than just that to people. They're, they're, they're part of your identity. They're part of people's identity, right? AMC is part of your identity. It's not just a, a just another name in your, in your portfolio. You know what I mean? It's, it's so much more than that. People devote their, their, their time to reading and talking about individual stocks. Yeah, I know we talk stocks here easy, Mike, but it's not it's not like it's not the same, right? Like people, you got a group that's devoted to just talk this one stock. They talk about this one stock. That's what they do. Yeah. Right. So yeah. when it gets going and the Reddit gets a hold of it, can get hot again too. But you know, a lot of these Reddit stocks are ice cold. I would say yeah. this one, you can clearly see from the trend, hundred and fifty or hundred and forty six dollars back in July and thirty six dollars yesterday. All I can say is bag holders central everywhere in this thing. So I think you're selling the rip on this one too. I'm sorry. There's just so much overhead supply. So stocks up 38% because, you know, what is the headline? What is it again? Read it to me. That uh, this looks like there was a paper that was published that found no evidence of data manipulation. Um, So what? So I mean, they're going to make more money here. I don't know. I, well, well the, that was the original charge. As that's well. a thirty. That's worth thirty-eight uh, percent. That's all. If that's the only headline on this, and it's up thirty-eight percent, sold to you. All right, people in chat are saying that there is lots of stocks that have subreddit. I didn't. I'm on Reddit, and I didn't know this. So like, uh, like aside from AMC and GameStop, I know that, and Sava, I know sold now. Sold to what, you at what, third, fifty dollars and sixty-five cents. I would say, say thank you very much for the thirty-seven percent overnight gain. I'm out. You can mark that down if you want. That's where I am bearish the stock right now, fifty sixty-five. Sorry, I just you know unless there's a new headline breaking again. These biotech companies, and what is this one trying to do? Is this an Alzheimer's? What is this one trying to do? I mean, again, you know, anything can happen. So anything can happen. You could have, you know, the drug to come out with positive trials, you know, and the stock could really rip. We saw this back in November. I hate shorting biotech stocks for the simple reason is that they can overnight just kill you. So especially the smaller ones. So, but if I'm in it and it just popped 37% on this headline, it seems like an overshoot to me. It seems like an right. overreaction and an opportunity to either get your money back or if you bought it in the last week, make some money. All right. Uh, I want to move on here I because I, uh, we got a few other movers to, to discuss and we got time. We're lacking nine minutes here. But yeah, drop drop singers in the chat that, sure. that, that you know of a subreddit for because I, I, I'm i curious here. Michael Smith, I, I hope you're kidding, but you're probably not. That uh, SOS, that would be a, a very sad place indeed. Uh, let's look at Embraer. Em- Embraer, I don't know how to pronounce the name of this company. All I know is they have news this morning. Let the parade of SPAC deals continue. Uh, it's been an unexpectedly busy week for SPAC deals. We have another one this morning. ERJ is spinning off their EVE unit into a, with a SPAC. And I'm going to actually share a different screen here. 
Uh, I'm pretty sure this is what. Oh, come on. Where's my Eve? Where, where's my Eve at? There it is. Uh, I'm, I'm pretty sure they're spinning off uh, this into his back. This looks cool as heck. That does look cool. It's the um the the old the old VTOL thing, right? Right, uh, vertical takeoff and vertical takeoff and landing. Nice. Right, you go straight up, straight down. Yeah. Um, it's a it's a fancy looking helicopter. It looks freaking cool, but you you said it uh, before, Janice, when you and I were talking. Uh, is the market hates concepts? Now, I don't actually. Uh, right now, it does. We were in the concept market in 2020, the beginning of 2021. We loved concepts. Every spec that had a cool idea, we were giving them billions of dollars in market cap. Yeah. The market has been punished for chasing concepts now. So, so you know, if they were to spun this off at the January or February of this year, the stock would probably be up way more because it's just a really cool concept, you know, or if they were talking about spinning this off. So, so there's actually two news, two news headlines here. One is the spinoff Two, the second is that sky West and Eve announced a partnership where sky West is going to buy 100 of these things. So, all right, if sky West is buying a hundred, then yeah, it's a concept. Um, but it looks cool as heck. I'll say that it and looks cool. I, when I go for a ride that maybe. Um, am I chasing the stock up 15% because of this? No, because this market is not giving the valuations it did to concepts that it did at the beginning of the year. So cool idea. We like spinoffs. This is also a stock that was in a clear downtrend. It's also an ADR, which means a lot of it's probably already priced in here and you're coming into the middle of the range. So I don't see an uptrend forming here. I don't see a breakout. I see a stock that's been chopping around. Now you get a 15% move, get a lot of people, get their money back. I think it's another selling opportunity. All right. I feel uh, like I'm the broken record here today. Yeah, but Dennis, you're... I said it. Start the show. Selling the rips is working. You can show me rips. I'm probably okay. selling them. All right. Um, yeah. yeah Poo pooing on everybody's parade here. Uh, Franz is asking if, if Port Authority is buying them. No, Franz. Port Authority buys no one and, and is a bad place. Uh, let's let's talk about General Mills here uh, since they, they were kind of the, the other notable earnings report from the overnight session slash this morning uh and also an inflation trade oh actually one thing i wanted to add before i move on to that is i i I saw in the nike report and oh this pisses this pisses me off uh nike said they raised their like gross margin guidance which like pisses me off because all these companies are raising their prices oh inflation this supply chain that we're having to pay our employees more money. Uh, so we have to raise our prices. It's not our fault. Our hands are tied. And then what are they going to do when uh, supply chain costs go back to normal? No, nothing. Just take it to margin. It, you know, just screw screw the consumer. They, right they don't. Prices have hard struggle <laughs> to go down. They used to. You know what? The Windsor. This always, you know, was interesting. The, the Windsor-Detroit tunnel. You know how they would always yeah. do it. So anyways. The way they would always raise prices, it seemed like, was, you know, for crossing for the toll was, okay, let's say it started at, like, years ago, U.S. dollar was at par. Okay, well, the U.S. dollar strengthened, so they had to raise the Canadian price. And then it would come back to par, and then they would have to raise the price up, you know, on the U.S. dollar to get it back in line again. And they kept going like this. So as the currency moved, they'd raise prices to adjust for the currency. And that's what they would say is, oh, the currency move, we have to adjust. 
but they would never adjust back. They would always just adjust higher. So they would adjust higher and then adjust higher and then adjust higher. Before you knew it, your two dollar toll was five dollars, you know, to get across the border just from currency adjustments. But all of a sudden, you know, the sneaky inflation is well, they doubled the price of the toll, and you know, the currencies are really at the same price that they started. But every time the currency would move up ten percent or twenty percent one, then they would raise the price of the other currency to make up for it. So. There's sneaky inflation everywhere. Inflation's yeah. sticky. It's not going away anytime soon. All right. And well, you've got to be aware of that. Speaking of inflation, General Mills, uh, higher costs, uh, not enough. Uh, or uh, Earnings, not enough to offset higher costs is the takeaway from the GIS uh, report from this morning. What happened to my numbers? There they are. Um, EPS came in a little bit light, 99 cents for no. versus a buckle, five estimate sales. Also, actually, no, sales did beat 5.02 versus $4.84 billion. They guided for organic net sales to increase 4 to 5% year over year, uh, but their uh, earnings per share for the for next year uh, will be either in the down 2%. Save big on your Memorial Day barbecue, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for $2.49 a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. Up 1% year-over-year range. Um you know, as it pertains to higher costs, right? So, um, again, speaking of inflation, this is sort of ground zero for that. Uh, stock is down. Again, you know, and I was warning about this, people just buying all these food stocks and these consumer staple stocks, you know, they aren't, They some of these are not out of the woods in the inflation issue. You know, inflation's still here and they're getting margin squeezed. And we've forgotten about all that because we're like, oh, we're concerned about the market, so let's go hide in food stocks people being punished for that move here today because GIS has moved up from 64. It's a big move for GIS to 69 and the better part of a week and a half. When your food stock jumps 10% a week, you sell it because you know what? They don't go up like that. And they come back down obviously quickly off this report. And you wonder if this doesn't, you know, now a lot of these other food stocks have obviously moved higher too. Look at Conagra, you know, has moved up basically 10% in the last three weeks, two weeks. So you just wonder... If this doesn't spook some of that money that's been hiding out in there, thinking, okay, well, if the market's going to go south, the food stocks and the staples are the place to hide. I don't think they are because I think the staples, actually, a lot of them are really getting squeezed on margins. They know we're getting squeezed on labor's coming too. So I don't want to be in the staples. I don't want to be in the food stocks. I'm not buying the dip on General Mills. Um, you know, maybe, you know, it's going to come right back and maybe this is the place to hide. Maybe it's going to bounce off the huge 64 support, which it absolutely does have some support at 64. Uh, but there's, you know, if you look in the fundamental picture, there's margins getting squeezed here. All right. I just threw up General Mills with Tyson, Canagra, and Kellogg. Uh, obviously, you can mess with the time frame to say whatever you want about this. But uh, General Mills and Tyson are having a good, good couple months here. So, yeah. Uh, so yeah. maybe this is the time to take some profits on these things. Maybe. Um, all right. I'm doing my best, guys, to keep an eye on the chat. Uh, I, I I am writing tickers down or questions down as I see them. Uh, we will we will get to those after our guest um, as best we can. I promise. I've written. I know someone's asking for inflation ETFs. I wrote that down. There are a few tickers I saw early on. I wrote those down as well. Uh, but uh, save your tickers for ticker time after our guest. Before I bring Tommy on, though, I just want to do a quick public service announcement. Um, we are doing an end-of-the-year survey 
on Benzinga's YouTube channel, okay? We are surveying you, all of our viewers, all of our listeners. What do you want to see next year? What do you like? What do you don't like? We are trying to find ways to get better, and I'm going to put the link to that survey. It's a Google survey. We're not going to get your email. We're not going to get any of your information. It's just a random anonymous survey. I guess I could have left the spot for your name, but I, did, I didn't do that. So uh, I'm going to drop that link in the chat. There it is. It's in the description of the video as well. If you're watching on YouTube, it's in the description. Check it out. End of the year. Benzing the survey. Um, please do it, and we will do our best to improve for you. Uh, and And keep it. PG-13. Come on. Okay. Uh, that being said, let's bring on today's guest, Tommy Lackey, and a longtime friend of the show, managing partner and portfolio manager at Relativity Capital Advisors joining us now. Tommy, what's up, man? How are we doing? Doing great, guys. How about y'all? Have I ready to go into Christmas strong? I, I don't know. You tell us. Are, are is we- Santa Claus coming to town, Tommy? Tell us, please. We need to know if Santa is actually coming to town. Well, you've already told us he's not. I don't know if I've told us that. I don't know. Tell me. Tell me. Please tell me. I mean, chances are we're getting to a point to where we are oversold at a level that some kind of bounces here should really happen. And this is the time of the year they often happen. A lot of the tax selling that from small caps is probably done at this point or getting done real quick. And, you know. A lot of people have made the combination or the comparison to 2018. And whereas I say there is some comparison there, I do not think it's a complete comparison because 2018, if y'all remember, we had that huge, huge rash of pre-announced hedge fund shutdowns that they announced quarter. They announced in like the third quarter they were going to shut down at the end of the year. Yeah. And that caused part of that waterfall. So many guys just saying to heck with it. I'm going to have fun at Christmas. I'm out of here. And then right after Christmas, we saw things just ignite and go straight up from the 25th or 6th or whenever we came back to the end of the year and through a lot of January. So I don't think we have that same exact scenario going on this year, but I do think we have a lot of fear built up really, really quick based on the whole tapering and, of course, the Omicron and things like that. So I think it's a matter of now going in and looking at and finding where opportunities are. If you want to stay short or if you want to continue to sell rips, I think that's fine. Um, I'll have to say I agree with you about leaning on consumer staples here, but probably not because I'm overly negative on the markets, but more because that has run exponentially more than a sector like that typically does. And now your growth stuff is getting so grossly oversold. I have a feeling you're going to start seeing some money flow back into some of those names that still have good earnings, still have good numbers, things of that. Some of the software names have just gotten demolished. All right, Tommy. I, I want to bring up your screen here, and I because you always have good, great thoughts for us. Um, so can you so speak on that same vein? Can you can you tell us what areas uh, you like, what areas you don't like? Okay, I'm gonna flip to a couple things. We're gonna stay on the screen. I'm flip to this is oh, one thing. It's hard for y'all to see. I know you can't see it, so I'm just gonna explain it real quick. Okay, it's too hard to kind of go through even with me zooming it in. But this basically shows me. All the sectors and subsectors that are making new 10-day lows, new 10-day highs, and then above the 20-day moving average and a breadth thrust, which is a breadth indicator. If you see all that red on there, that means all of those are in levels or getting to levels that they're oversold to a point that they're, they're notable. There's something that it doesn't happen very often at all. Now, I'll go back to that semiconductor chart 
actually, we're not going to start with semiconductors. We're going to start with consumer discretionary because that's just gotten crushed. Um, and I'm going to stay right here on that same percent making new highs and new lows. Sorry, it takes just a second for this to load, guys. It's, oh, a it's lot good of stuff, data. though. We like this, Tommy. Um, so when you look at this in the consumer discretionary, which has been one of the areas that's just been killed so far this last month or so, and you start filling in these, you can see its relative compares are down. But note over here in this chart right here that we're looking at, the bottom window is the percent making new 10-day highs and lows. This is 21 days in the middle window and 63 days in the high window. Notice how sold out it got a couple weeks ago when we bottomed. Now we've gone lower and we're starting to see divergences. We're seeing less new lows on this last move down. That's a classic example of something that's getting ready to bottom usually or just getting ready to go to heck in a handbasket. And I understand because a lot of people are pretty bearish on where we are right now. But with only 14% above the 20-day moving average, only 15% above the 50-day moving average, and 30% above the 200-day, this sector does not get this washed out very often. We see this among a lot of sectors. However, this is probably our biggest. And now we're in a situation we go down here to RSI, it's diverging under the 40 level and in the 30 level. So again, none of this has turned yet. But I would certainly be looking for it and trying to see where your opportunities are. Now, on this same page, and this is my powerinvesting.com at the bottom. Sorry to run so fast. I break down all the subsectors and rank them. I break down all the ETFs in the area and rank them, which obviously ITB and XHB are still on top in the consumer area. And then I break down all the stocks and rank them. This is what I noticed over the weekend. And basically was looking at yesterday, but a good example of small caps, other small. Now, this is a $189 million company. Some of y'all don't even want to go near there. I'm of the opinion that I prefer to look at the chart as opposed to just the size and plan accordingly. Much smaller position size when you're getting things this small. But this is a chart that's just beautiful. And even this weekend, it had a great looking cup and handle type setup here. RSI is not heavily overbought, and it's just now bouncing back off the 60 level. You can go through here and find these things in all these sectors. It's just a matter of whether you want to try to maneuver this market or not. There's definitely opportunities that are there. Now, y'all were talking about semiconductors. Yeah. The same thing. Semiconductors have held up very well this entire time. Yeah. They tried to break down and see, I like looking at this. I build my own equal weight indexes in every subsector because I don't like the SMH and things like that that are so heavily market weighted. For the same reason that when I pull down to the bottom of this list, I have the same, all the semiconductors ranked just against each other. And in this scenario, and basically I can see like Simo, PLAB, Marvel, you know, you have a lot of names outside slab that are really starting to perform in that area. So you can take a look if you think semiconductors is going to remain a leader. Now, one thing I'd note here as we go back to the same chart, the percent making new highs and new lows just for semiconductors now, is that same thing. You're seeing some diversions as it gets down here, and you're also in a scenario to where you never really got very many 63-day lows. Now, that makes sense with how we saw the outperformance, but there's no reason to give up on this sector yet. You just may not have to be an AMD or uh, you know one of those particular names or lots of others that if this continues to be a space where there is movement, there's a lot of players that there that can play catch up. Okay. 
There was a lot there, Tommy. Uh, I'm sorry. I know you always cut me off at like 15 minutes. So I'm trying to talk fast. No, no, no. I appreciate it. I'm, I'm trying to like get my thoughts, all my thoughts in order in my head right now. Okay, let me tell you one thing while I'm doing this. This entire site is something I built specifically for the advisor community, but it's something I think retail individuals can use as well. And I'll be releasing it with commentary and subscription service as of the first of the year that basically takes and breaks down everything I've done with y'all for over a decade. The, the same research I've used with y'all since I think 2011 when I first came on or 12, maybe I'm not sure exactly when y'all started, but it was pretty early. And basically I finally got it in a scenario where I can share it and let people go through and realize that just using relative strength, that's all I use relative strength indicator, breadth, um, relative comparatives and percent making new highs, new lows, and then a relative strength ranking for all these things. I'm using the same thing through the entire website. So once you learn the basics, it's very easy to spin through and go through all these different levels. Even though I'm talking extremely fast, you can stay on the universe level. You can go to sector level like we did with consumer discretionary here or like this one's the staples. Or you can go all the way down to the subsector level and dig down into now, where I thought we would go today, actually, is the whole, I had the entire universe ranked, yeah. all 3,000 roughly stocks ranked against each other with my RS calculations and minor three-month RS calculations, so they're a lot faster than most of your IBDs and others, because I like to catch the terms. And so in looking at this, these rankings give you three-month rankings, and this is every stock in my universe just based on all of those stocks. And here in this RS mover columns, all of these are sortable, all of these are usable. You can even type tickers up here and usually it'll search for you. Sometimes it bugs out on me. But here I can go through and find, okay, what stocks look like they've been moving and their RS is not too high already if I'm looking for something that's trying to reverse. Like TBTX is what I looked at right before. You click on it, it takes you to trading view. And you get a trading view chart come up. These are my own templates here. But as you can see right here, if you're looking for a reversal candidate, RSI is about to move over 60 potential, which would give you a new RSI bull range. You've got a nice base here. It's trying to work out of. It's seen strength the last two days, even with market weakness. So if it can move over this level and this big volume level on the left, to me, this one could easily, over a little bit of time, move back up and test the underside of the 60 on the weekly level without even shifting back to a full-on weekly bull trend again. But these are the kind of things I'm looking for. I'm looking in here to find things in the same list, to find things over here on the right. I can see where am I seeing clustering? I'm seeing a lot of biotechs, a lot of pharmaceuticals. You know, We've talked over the last few weeks about how much healthcare had been getting killed, but about a week and a half ago, maybe two, it slowed down and it started really starting to come up in performance. And I'd started to see a lot more of those names on here. So that's one of the areas I'm concentrating in now is more the healthcare and especially the, the mid to small biotech. Because over the last five, six months, the only thing that's gotten any attention are vaccine type plays. And there's a lot of good opportunities in there in biotech now if it does turn around. And you can see that if you look at the XBI chart, not worrying about as much looking at IBB since it is cap weighted. But if we look at XBI, you can see right here, you've got a nice kind of turn trying to make, it's got to clear this 116 level or 117 level or so and hold over it. But it's trying to make that turn. It could be some opportunities here and things that uh, are not 
obviously overdone at this point. Tommy, I, I would be curious to get your thoughts on like growth tech right now. And you, you can you can decide which subsector or whatever to look at, you know, okay. to use as a proxy for that, whatever you want to, whatever you wanted to use. If you want to look at the NASDAQ or whatever, I don't really care, but like okay. anything you use as a proxy for growth tech, because whatever it is, I'm going to assume it, it has a lot of beaten down names in it. And yes. I'd, be curious, I'd be curious to to see what, what, what you're seeing from that. Okay. If we look at tech, here's how we're going to do it. We're going to yeah. go with information technology right here in this list. You can see it's a 45 out of all the sectors. It's moved down over the last month to quarter. Yeah. Um, when I go here, I can quickly sort. I can go to information technology and say versus all the subsectors, how are these highlighting? And you've got an 82 in hardware and equipment. So it's still 82 out of 100. Semiconductors are still 88. So those are my two areas that have held up the best. And then obviously IT services and then software is down at a 10. So software has gotten itself crushed. Mm -hmm. Now, when we look at this, all you got to do is click on this. It's going to open up that technology page. Again, I apologize for the load times, guys, but this is a ton of data. So it does take a minute to load it. That's There's just nothing we can do about that. We've been working on that That's like a rock star. So if we look at the overall sector, information technology has really not broken down from an equal eight standpoint as bad as people might think it had. You know, again, yes, it's come off its highs pretty good, but it has not broken any major levels as we look there. We come down here, and I apologize for the quick scrolling. But I would rank the sectors versus each other. Again, semiconductors is still one, hardware and equipment next, and then IT and software. You can go into the ETFs in here. And again, this will give you your own view because you can kind of see who's starting to work and who's starting to move. Yeah, that's what I'm asking. Who, who's starting to work here? Okay. Well, we're in a situation that if we just take it from the sector ETF standpoint, yeah. we go over here to our movers, sort by that. Our biggest one right here is cybersecurity, BUG, CIBR, and then LEGR and print. You know, print still pretty far down as far as the rankings, but cyber is probably your best as far as the scenario of cybersecurity in that particular area. Now, in looking at this same scenario, cybersecurity we know is going to be in either IT services or is going to be in software. A lot of it is in software. Um, software, again, has just gotten crushed. Um, and again, you got to remember, even with how frothy it might have been, that's where a very, very high percentage of the good growth and the good earnings are still in the in the uh, tech sector. There's 160 names in the software sector. So don't get caught up on five. You know, make sure you're looking in. And that's what kind of we try to do here is we try to be able to give that easier opportunity to dig down. You can see here the breadth in software was washed out, but look here, the percent above the 20-day moving average in software bottomed on December 3rd and it's been moving up. So software has actually been seeing more up movement, even though this, the chart itself has been pretty much sideways and retesting now. So again, that's the area I would probably be concentrating on because A, you have the most growth, B, you have the yeah. most earnings in actual tech, and then C, you're starting to see your turns here. Like when we look at it versus all of our different relative rankings, it flattened out beginning of this month and starting to turn. So that's where I would be concentrating. Also looking over here at our percent making new highs and lows, you can see a stark divergence in all three of these as it retesting these lows. Now, again, if it blows right through them, that's why you have stops. That's why you have something to work against. But you have levels right now that you're working against pretty darn low levels 
um, and pretty close I'm, stops. This, this is the look. same argument that we've been given the last couple of days in the growth names. I mean, and you're obviously a lot of these names you're talking about are probably the growthy names, but I've just been looking ARKK if you just want to simplify it and look at because she's in the growthiest of growth, growthiest of growth. And, um, you know, she bought them back December the 6th, 8903 ARKK, retested two days ago, 8960 test passed because it did not make a new low. And then it ripped and closed higher. And yesterday, even though the broad market was selling off, ARC was still trying to hold up. So some of those growth names are very oversold. We've been talking about that. And you do have rotation where they've been moving money from growth into value. And you almost wonder if that trade, you know, isn't setting up to reverse for a little while. I think you got a chance for a little while. And that's the thing is we don't know at the start whether it's a dead cat bounce or more. That's why I always tell you guys I hate targets. I love milestones. Now, I understand your point behind selling the rips, but again, make that rip give you a reason. At least make a 15-minute, 30-minute, whatever time frame you watch on candle turn on you, because sometimes these things will fight out at those little levels. They'll fight it out instead of reversing, and then it makes itself through. Those are my milestones. The levels are milestones. If it can bust its way through it, then you can really get some strong moves. That's one of the reasons I was able to outperform so well after March 2020 is because everything was not a hard target. It was yeah. a, if it can make it through here, great, I'd love to stay. If it can't, this is the level where I'm done. And I think that's in these types of markets because I don't think that necessarily the overall bull market is done. I do believe we have some headwinds here, but I think we got pretty oversold comparing to where we should be right now and pretty quickly. And at the end of the year, when a lot of people aren't really paying as much attention. And that's a lot of times when we see moves change is when people aren't paying as much attention. All right, this has been a good interview for me because you know I've got cybersecurity, so I got cyber CIBR. So hey, I, this, I'm in a pretty good mood now. Tommy Lackey, uh, if you want, if actually we were asking in the chat, Tommy, uh, about your website you just showed, power-investing.com, and we were asked when that will be available to the public. Right now, for the next two weeks, everybody can go to it and use every bit of it for free. Okay. After that, I will be putting in a subscription model, but my goal is to make it a very, very efficient because I want anybody who wants it to be able to be in there. I'm not looking at one of these two, $300 a month things. I want to give you everything here plus my commentary for a way that makes it real efficient for anybody who is a serious. you got to be a serious investor because it is a lot of data. Yeah. But for anybody who is professional or even a serious retail, I think there's a huge amount of benefit if you just know what's going up and what's going down and keep it that simple. All right. I put the link up on the screen. It's also in the description, power-investing.com. Tommy Lackey, Relativity Capital Advisors. Tommy, always a pleasure to chat with you. Uh, Merry Christmas. Happy New Year. Happy Holidays. All that jazz. We'll talk to you again in the new year. Thanks for having me, guys. It's always fun. Merry Christmas and Happy New Year to everybody out there. Thanks, Tommy. You might be one of our most prepared guests. He's always got a lot of great material for us, so we really appreciate it. Tommy's got to go. I'm happy anytime. All right. Have a good one, Tommy. Tommy's awesome. We love Tommy. I love Tommy. We've always loved Tommy. He's so polite. I mean, how many times did he apologize for the delay, which was like two seconds in his speech? He's He's so polite. He's like the nicest guy. He's just the nicest guy. We love Tommy. Yeah, we love Tommy. All right. Okay, so uh, take your time. We'll do some questions in the chat. Somebody asked about uh, inflation ETFs. Um, the one thing I'll say about that is um, you, my, my first piece of advice, honestly, would be to just Google inflation ETFs. But you really have to look under the hood just because an ETF has like a word in the name, whether the word is inflation, is really inflation? or the word is metaverse or the word is um 
blockchain, what whatever, just because it has a, a, a like a sexy word in the name doesn't actually mean anything. You have to actually look under the hood and see what it's got. Uh, the one thing I, the one ETF or um, I, I guess ETF uh, that, that, that I, I always say that I, I have looked at that I know um, does, uh, does this is the uh, TIP tip. Uh, this is your iShares uh, tips ETF. If you don't know what tips are, they're just uh, inflation protected securities. Um, so TIP would be uh, one ticker. But um, if you're looking for more inflation hedges. Um, commodities. I mean, if you really are looking for what works well in an inflationary environment, it's physical assets. So obviously, you know, if you think real estate, you know, like you're going to look at real estate, physical stuff, you know, like and Kramer says it, he says it absolutely correct. You know, he's talking stuff, the stuff trade. Like, you know, we're not talking concepts. We're not talking, you know, efficiencies. We're just talking making physical crap because the physical stuff, you know, and obviously we, and it's not, you know, like, you look at you know the commodities. You got steel. You look at gold, which is supposed to be the best inflation hedge, but it hasn't been working because I think gold is just in secular decline. Um, but oil, you know, there's a reason that all of these, you know, that all this stuff had a pretty good 2021. It's because inflation was going. The question is, are you late to the inflation trade now? I mean, you know, and that's what you've got to say. Do you really think inflation's going to pick up more steam from here, or do we start to cool off? That's why, you know, we've been playing the inflation trade for a while here. And obviously, you know, like we would, we've been, you know, bearish growth names because we feel like inflation, you know, has been, you know, sticking around. But now the Fed's going to try to attack that problem. So at a certain point in time, you're going to say, well, maybe you do buy some growth names here. You know, I, I've been talking about that for the last couple of days. I think, you know, some of these names that are overextended. You know, maybe it's time to ring the register and some of these names that have been really getting hammered to Tommy's point that he just made for the last 20 minutes. Um, great points. Um, some of these sectors are really oversold. So I think if you're looking for your inflation hedges now, you might be three or four months late to that trade. The, the one thing I've been thinking about and I haven't I haven't done anything, although yesterday I did I did nibble in, in Palantir a little bit. But like like I've thought about what if after the new year. We, you know, the calendar turns, everyone gets a clean slate as far as taxes are concerned. What if like people just wake up and say, whoa, whoa, growth has gotten destroyed. What a discount. Bye, bye, bye. Well, I think they will. Yeah, yeah. The, the seasonality effects, that's what happens in January. So yeah. you have the tax loss selling that is keeping these stocks down even further now. You're like, how low can some of these stocks get? I mean, you know, you, you can look at a stock even like Ride. I mean, it makes a new low every day. It's three bucks here now. I'm not saying, you know, this is the next, you know, Tesla. I'm not saying this is the next UGB play. I'm just saying there's nonstop selling in those names right now because people are harvesting those tax losses. I'm doing the same thing, um, you know, on some of my names that I've got, you know, losses on. I'm selling them off because, you know, trying to minimize that tax bill. Yeah. So those names typically will have a rebound in 2020 in january we know when the tax loss selling abates so i think you're looking at those beaten down names for a january effect here where they've really been hit hard and there can be some wicked rallies in some of these stocks and you know and this is just knowing the seasonality so if your stock's really been hammered 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 and you're looking to get in i mean now might not be a bad time maybe in a week it's going to be a better time it's hard to say but the tax loss selling has been hammering 
a lot of growth pains. All right. Uh, there's a couple of super chats. I apologize, Matt. I didn't see until we left. We left time to go. What we got? What we got? Matt, Matt asked for your thoughts on Norton Lifelock, Dennis. This is this is Kramer our favorite. This is cybersecurity. This is Tommy. Yeah. Tommy was just saying. Yeah, it's a Kramer favorite. Kramer talks the stock all the time in a positive. I have never really, you know, followed the company close enough to like yeah. invest in it. Um, I will just say. You've been a stock that's really been in no trend. We had the big move up in April, May. We've kind of consolidated those gains. It's kind of interesting because it's not going down anymore. So to Tommy's point, I'm sure the RSI is probably ticking up here to a certain extent here in the last week or two. Get above 26, then you start to think, okay, well, there's maybe room to 28, but this is not one of those names that's going to blast off to 35 or 40. It's a lower moving. It's a dividend. It's got a 1.94% dividend. It's not one of those like cybersecurity's names are going to double your money on in a week. So it's a slower play, maybe a little bit more of a value play in the sector. Interesting here i wouldn't say i'm bearish i wouldn't say i'm bullish i just say right. it's kind of interesting all right and i know we talked about how dennis doesn't like the moving averages or anything like that but you know i like looking at them for moments like this which is actually something interesting happening you have the the 200 day which is the light blue and the 50 day which is the dark Golden cross converging dennis do we have a potentially so what, that's what, a bullish signal um well we have no actually, wait, it's a bearish signal oh, because the one's going down. Which one's the 200 day? I can't tell. Yeah, my eyes aren't good enough. All right, sorry. So yeah, it's a bearish signal when that's they... a bearish signal. Oh my gosh, look how <laughs> lagging these indicators are. Don't worry, I, all these crosses. It's a death I, cross. I don't know if it's a death. death. This is a death cross. This is actually bad news. It's lagged so much the stocks actually stopped going down here now. Right. These these moving averages lag so dang much. I mean, that's why me and Joel don't like them. They're lagging indicators. They're telling you stuff way after the fact. So what I actually would tell you is sell it, I guess. But I'm not following any crosses. None of these death crosses or golden crosses or whatever. I'm, you know, just looking at it that, hey, this has been holding up pretty well in a tough tape. Maybe this is a value name that people are going to look into. I actually don't mind this chart. All right. Out of curiosity, what is the valuation here? Hey, 4P of 12. That's what I'm saying. I could just see it. It's a value. Value security play. All right. Okay. Value names. Now, again, are we going in a growthy market where, you know, you're going to get trumped? I I had CYBR for a long time. I sold it. It had a really good move. Yeah. One of those names, like, would I rebuy this at a certain point in time? Yeah, I think I would rebuy this at a certain point in time. I'm not sure what that, when that point of time is, though. All right. All right. It is nine o'clock. We're going to sign off here. Nine o'clock on a Tuesday. The regular Joe shuffling. That's not a song. That's what we're doing. It is a song. It's what we're doing. (laughs) So, Dennis, we'll catch you tomorrow. Uh, Have a good rest of your day. And, uh, and, and go make some money. And I have a couple of quick PSAs before I hop off onto our next show. First, I just want to say it again. Uh, I'm going to drop the link to the end of year. End of year Benzinga survey uh, in the chat. If you have any feedback for us about any of our, not just this show, any of our shows, please, please, please help us out. Drop some feedback for us in the survey. We'd appreciate that very much. We're, we we want your ideas. We take feedback very, very seriously here. So I put the link in the chat. It's also up in the description. So check that out there. Second uh, announcement I want to make here before I go is if you uh, own stocks, which I, I know all of you do, um, you guys want rewards maybe for owning your stocks, like rewards from the company for owning your stocks. You can get them. Uh, 
Benzinga has a partnership with a company called Ticker. It's called T-I-I-C-K-E-R. Uh, what they've done is they've uh, basically brought companies onto their platform and they offer uh, rewards and perks to shareholders for owning shares in that company. So here's what you got to do to get those rewards. You go to ticker.com slash Benzinga. I'll put it up uh, in the chat right now. It's T-I-I-C-K-E-R slash Benzinga. Wait, ticker.com slash Benzinga. There's the link. It's in the chat. It's on the screen. It's in the description. When you sign up, and create your account and connect your brokerage, there will be a box and it's going to be like, are you from Benzinga? Just check that box, say you're from Benzinga, and they will send you a $20 Amazon gift card, all for creating an account, connecting your brokerage, and checking the box and saying you're from Benzinga. So check it out, ticker.com, T-I-I-C-K-E-R.com, slash Benzinga, uh, link in the chat, link in description. Uh, Sayer from Benzinga, they will send you a $20 Amazon gift card just in time for the holidays. Well, I can't, I actually, I can't promise it'll be there. Actually, I know it won't be there before Christmas. So it'll be just in time for after Christmas. How about that? Uh, okay. <laughs> yes, $20. That's what I said. Two zero. All right. Uh, please remember all the information from our show is meant to be used as informational purposes, not for investing or trading or any life advice for that matter. I apologize. We missed a lot of tickers in the chat. We will cover those tickers on our next show. Benzinga. Um, what's our next show? Live trading with Benzinga. Live trading. Myself, Ryan Zunaid. I'm going to end this stream and redirect to that. So stay tuned. And uh, I'll catch you guys over there. Hit that like button, please. And thank you. We appreciate any and all likes, as always. And uh, catch you guys over there.